Mojo. Let's talk a little bit of football. It's early in free agency, but who are a couple of your teams that you think have won free agency so far? I'm going to go with the two teams in Florida. I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Miami Dolphins. And I'll start with the Bucs. Uh, I just think, really, it was adding Tom Brady, right? Um, Tom has done a lot with a little in New England for a couple years now, and he's been fighting to get weapons. Now you go to a, an offense that has Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Um, you know, you have some other weapons at the tight end and O.J. Howard, and you have, you know, Ronald Jones at running back, and I think they'll probably add another running back in free agency or in the draft, and, and you'll be good to go from there. And, um, yes, he needs some protection, but at the end of the day, the Bucks know they can score points now with whoever they want to, and that's the most important thing. Not only when you bring in Tom Brady, he not only excites the coaches, right, but the players want to show up and work harder because he's there, because all the things he's accomplished, and his word is gold. His word is in that locker room, and in biblical terms, is the Bible, right? Like, what he says goes, and so... Um, I think that is important for that organization that hasn't been a winner. Um, then you go, so you go from that. Then, you know, for me, I, I think the other part is the Miami Dolphins. They've added a lot of pieces via free agency. Byron Jones, Shaq Lawson, Emmanuel Ogba, uh, Jordan Howard. You, you know, like they have pieces. I want to say last year, Ryan Fitzpatrick was either their top rusher or like top one or two I, guys. I like you can't have that. the number one rusher on their team. You can't have that if you yeah. want to be successful, right? So not only do you add the right pieces defensively, you add a run, a workhorse and a young guy like Jordan Howard, who's still young, who has, hasn't really had a lot of miles on the last couple of years. He can come in right away and be your bell cow. Uh, and on top of that, Tom Brady left the division, right? So now all of a sudden, you're getting better as other teams are getting worse, or the team that's been winning that division for the last 20 years is getting worse. And so I think that is, is very important, and it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of springboard this last half of the season onto the offseason and on to next year. Yeah, those, those are two great teams that, that you mentioned right there. And Tom Brady, being in that division for as many years as I was in it when I played for the Jets, Tom Brady, like you said, is going to elevate everybody's game players game plan there. He's going to elevate uh, the coaching staff, the training staff, the players. Everybody's going to be held accountable into a different standard than they're used to because that's what Tom Brady demands. Six Super Bowl rings. I think he's never really gotten his just due. I think he wants to go out and win one without Belichick so people stop asking the question was it Tom Brady or was it Bill Belichick? And from playing in that division, I'm telling you right now, it was Tom Brady, man. The man is a machine. He can make all the throws. A lot of people said he couldn't make the throws last year, but he didn't have the weapons to throw to. And Mojo already just stated, Chris Godwin. You got um, you got Mike Evans, O.J. Howard. Uh, Break is coming back. So you got two tight ends that can catch and block for you. He's got Ronald Jones. They will probably add a running back. But that's, these are weapons that he's never really necessarily had in New England. So I'm excited to see what he does in Tampa Bay. And then I think the underlying factor is the people aren't really talking about is they sign their DNs back. Shaq Barrett is a man-child. And Jason Pierre-Paul missed half the season and still had over eight sacks. I don't think a lot of people talk about that, especially with this division. The, the, the NFC South is going to be really competitive next year. You add Teddy Bridgewater to Carolina. You got Drew Brees in New Orleans still and Matt Ryan, who throws for a ton of yards every year. You have to get after the quarterback to win in football. And Tampa Bay signing those two back, well, one with a franchise tag and signing Jason Pierre-Paul back, to me, is huge. And I really like what Miami Dolphins have, have done. Mojo already stated. Adding Emmanuel Ogbaugh, Shaq Glass, and guys that have a lot of energy that can get after the quarterback and play the run really stout. You know, usually you have guys that can really just get after the quarterback 
and play the run, but these guys can do both. And you add two veteran guys to a defensive line that really struggled to get after the quarterback or stop anybody in the run game last year. You had Byron Jones with Xavier Howard. You got a one-two punch at corner. You can leave those guys on the island, man-to-man coverage. You saw what Jacksonville did a few years ago with A.J. Bouye and Jalen Ramsey. They can do something similar in Miami now that they have the two shutdown corners. I think Eric Flowers is an under- under you know under the radar signing that, that the Miami Dolphins really did. He's going to be motivated. He's coming back home, went to the University of Miami, gets to play in front of his friends and family. You know, a lot of people had shunned him away, said he was a bust, but sometimes a change of scenery can be really well. Went to Washington, made the transition, and moved inside the guard and played really well for them. So I'm really excited. They have two first-round picks. They get their quarterback of the future. And I think if they solidify it and get another offensive lineman, the Miami Dolphins, you just stated, Tom Brady is no longer in that division. That division is up for grabs now. And my other surprise team in free agency, it has to be the Indianapolis Colts, making the big trade for DeForest Buckner. A lot of people don't know about this guy, but he's the second-best defensive tackle in the NFL behind Aaron Donald. This guy can get after the quarterback. He's going to get at least eight sacks every year. He's going to demand a double team. And you pair him with Justin Houston, a guy who's used to getting close to 10 sacks every year, you're going to have problems on your offensive line. And then... They added that gunslinger from out west. From the Chargers, Phillip Rivers, a guy that now has the offensive line protection. He really didn't have that last year, and he did turn the ball over a lot. I think a lot of that was in part doing because he was getting hit after three seconds after the ball was snapped. He's not going to have that problem in Indianapolis with that offensive line they got, Mojo. What do you think about what the Colts have done? Yeah, I think the Colts have done it the right way. You know, um, they built from within. You always you win the game in the trenches. I always tell people that. I, I truly believe that. Um, even with the, the Kansas City Chiefs and the, all the stuff they throw around the yard, you know, Patrick Mahomes didn't get sacked much throughout the course of the season. And so that's because they built the offensive line the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now you get a, a veteran quarterback behind one of the best offensive lines in the game. I think you add some more weapons outside for him. You're going to have to replace Ebron. But still, at the end of the day, Philip Rivers is a very capable quarterback who's seen a lot of coverages. And the pressure's not going to be on him to win the game. And I think that's what it was in L.A. He had to win the game with his arm all the time because they couldn't run the ball. They couldn't do certain things. And so hopefully he goes out there and plays well. I, I'm really excited to see what they're able to do. DeForest Buckner, you hit uh, right on the head. I mean, demanding – people don't understand. Demanding double and triple teams, it changes everything. Uh, Dante Fowler, who is now with the Falcons, played with the Jags, uh, was with the Rams. And he his sack total went up because everyone was focused on Aaron Donald. Exactly. So he was able to do his thing. Now – all of a sudden, you you have guys that are going to come in like Justin Houston and other guys that they'll probably draft and bring other guys in who can get pressure and beat one-on-one because DeForest Buckner is going to take those double and triple teams, including the back, trying to chip on him as well. Yeah, and I really like how the Colts are in the win-now atmosphere. They went and got DeForest Buckner, went and got Phillip Rivers because that division is up in flux. I mean, Tennessee Titans, if Derrick Henry decides to sign the franchise tag, yes, they look good because he's their bell cow, but we don't know what he wants to do. I know he wants a long-term deal. Who's to say that he won't sit out? And now you don't have your bell cow there. Jacksonville, you already talked about it. They're in in flux right now. They've traded away a lot of their players. Uh, We don't know what they're going to do. And then the the Houston Texans, probably with the the craziest trade of all all offseason, trading away, I would say, the number one or two receiver in the NFL for practically peanuts to the Arizona Cardinals. So we don't know what the Houston Texans are doing. And that's a perfect segue segue into going into this next topic. Mojo, what do you think the Houston Texans were thinking by trading away uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and do you think it was a good trade? Okay, so, you know, we, we played together, and, when, you know, we've both been in this league a long time, and I always tell people there's a pie, there's a chart. 80% of that chart is talent. 
That's how you win in this league. You need talented players on your roster. The other 20% accounts of coaching, culture, locker room, uh, chemistry, you know, buy-in, all those different things. That's only 20% of the pie. And I think in this situation, the Houston Texans felt like DeAndre Hopkins, he wanted a new deal. He wanted to be one of the highest-paid receivers, all these different things. They added Laramie Tunsil. They added some other guys that they're going to have to pay that are obviously much younger. And they didn't want a guy to come in and not be happy and be a malcontent. Now, I tell people this all the time. The reason DeAndre Hopkins wants that money is because he's earned that money. 100%. Before Deshaun Watson, he was he was still getting 100 catches, 1,000 yards, 10, 12 touchdowns every year when he was playing with other quarterbacks each and every season. TJ Yates. You bring in this TJ Yates. <laughs> I mean, Fitzpatrick, right? Yeah. Like, all type of guys. He's out there going to work. Um, but then you give him Deshaun Watson. And you see how their their chemistry is growing. Anytime Deshaun Watson gets in trouble, he tries to find Deion. Yep. Throws the ball up to him. He gives him that work. And so for me, I just feel like Bill O'Brien feels that coaching is more of that pie. That coaching is 50% players, 30% coaching, and then 20% everything else. That's not the case. You need talented dudes on your roster to win and play in and play out because – I need to be able to throw a guy a ball or a 50-50 ball and know that he's going to come down with it. I need to be able to throw a guy a slant and he can do two spin moves, get us in the field goal range to beat our division foe and push us to the playoffs. Um, so I know a lot of people were talking about the compensation they got on it. They probably could have got more if they traded him to the AFC. But, you know, again, he, you know, Bill O'Brien ain't crazy. He ain't that crazy. Now, he traded him away. For peanuts, but he ain't going to trade him away to the AFC. So you trade him to the NFC, the the Arizona Cardinals, up-and-coming team. They want to throw the ball. They have the money. They have the capital. Um, and then you get a back-end return that hasn't played well in the last couple of years. But he may fit your system better. He may be the, the, the mix of Duke Johnson and uh, Carlos Hyde. So I get what, the, what they're trying to do. They just have to find a way to get, you know, another receiver in there to help Deshaun Watson. Like, you're not going to be able to throw with Will Fuller, who's hurt every other week, exactly. right? Um, you know you got Kenny Stills and guys like, but you got to get another dog out there, a number one receiver out there to help him uh, make plays. So we'll see how it goes. Obviously, you know, that trade it had a lot of people scratching their heads, as me too. But, yeah. um, you know, I know what the Arizona Cardinals are trying to do. I know they're trying to win. They're trying to get weapons for their young quarterback. I'm just, I just want to see what Houston is going to do with this type of trade. Yeah, and it's funny that you brought that up with Bill Brown and coaching. But as soon as they traded away DeAndre Hopkins, they, they tried to uh, they signed Randall Cobb to a deal and try to offset that. But to me, he's he's not the same caliber. And I'm not to say Randall Cobb isn't a good player. He is a really good player. But the, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is a once in a generational player. And the funny thing is, you actually brought up something that I've been thinking about. It seems like all these ex coaches from the New England era have have issues with star players. You look at him and DeAndre Hopkins. You look at Darius Slay, Matt Patricia. I mean, uh, Brian Flores, you haven't heard about it as much um, down in Miami, but it seems like every coach that leaves that New England era. Well, he had he had uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, oh, too, is, where they, they traded away, right. right? Like <laughs> You're right. And the thing is, like, I don't think a lot of these guys from New England understand Bill Belichick can get away with that is because he had, you know, Brady. And he also had the hardware. I mean, he had six championship rings. You can do that and micromanage and, and talk to certain players a certain way when you have the respect of the team and you've done it and been there and done it before. But when you're coming in as a new coach, I mean, you have to coincide. I think a lot of coaches don't understand that, yes, a player has to respect you, but you have to respect those players too because at the end of the day, they have to go out there and perform for you. And if they don't, 
you're going to get fired. And I think it's lost a lot of times for, for, for coaches that get hired from the New England regime and they go other places trying to have that same, you know, micromanages my way or the highway attitude. And it never seems to work out. I feel like it didn't work out for O'Brien until they drafted Deshaun Watson. And there was a rumor that he didn't even want Deshaun Watson. Well, yeah, well, there's, you know, there's a lot of things that that come in when you come from New England. And I get it because when Bill Belichick first got there, he he cut uh, a player. I forget who it was at the time. The guy signed with the Bills and it didn't work out. Uh, they end up making a change and going. But also, you know, he has Tom Brady. Yeah, exactly. Right? So Tom Brady yeah. is Tom Brady is, is, you know, when Tom Brady had weapons, let's 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 go back and think about this. When they had Randy Moss and Wes Welker, Wes Welker and yeah. all these guys. Tom Brady threw 50 touchdowns. Exactly. With with ease. It wasn't it wasn't like it was hard. Like they were throwing he was throwing five or six touchdowns a game, it seemed like. Um and so I always tell people like, yes, you know, the New England Patriots won a certain way. Let's see what they do this year without Tom Brady. 100 percent Let's see what they do this year without those weapons like Gronk and other guys, Van Noy and other guys, uh Jamie Collins. Guys are leaving all of a sudden now, right? Exactly. Let's see what they can do without that. Are they gonna still be a top notch team? I don't know. But what I do know is the teams that have beaten the Patriots have had players mm-hmm. upon players upon players. They've been talented. And so a lot of these coaches do leave that air, uh, that 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 Patriot way and they go into other cities. And I know a lot of owners of teams feel like, you know, I want to be like the Patriots. But that like the coaching has very little to do with that. Exactly. Like it does. Like not everyone has a Gronk on their roster or a Tom Brady on their yeah, roster. You have Brady. to find your Gronk. And you're Tom Brady, and then add pieces around him. And so, for me, again, I'm I'm excited to see one what New England looks like without Tom. That's going to be the, the number one thing. And then number two, Houston without D Hop. Exactly. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I think it's real interesting. Deshaun Watson has yet to come out and say anything since since DeAndre Hopkins has been traded. And, and going back to New England, I, I used to say this all the time when I was in that division. Tom Brady is the great equalizer. Yeah, you can say what you want about the Patriot way and Bill Belichick, but Tom Brady erases any mistake that is made by the team because if you know, like anybody knows, with two minutes or less with the ball, if Tom Brady has the ball in his hands, there's a good chance New England's going to win that game. There was no quarterback that was probably more feared in the NFL with the game on the line than when Tom Brady had the ball and he was down by less than seven points and he had at least two minutes on the clock. That is a scary thing when you're a defender. Very scary thing. So, I think it's scary for everybody. Very scary. 